0: The Hammer, Chapter 19 No matter how much Corvin waved Morgan's limp hand toward the door, it remained locked. He searched the man but found only a leather scabbard strapped to his leg. Corvin removed it, slipped the knife back into it, and dropped the sheath blade into his pack. As he stood up from the pack, two wavy tentacles poked out from the toilet hole. Long, thin legs appeared, followed by the hugest spider Corvin had ever seen. Its slimy, bulbous body was bigger than his fist. A shiver ran through Corvin's shoulders as the spider pulled itself from the hole and walked stiltily toward the wall. It climbed, finding minute footholds in the smooth black surface. That was the answer. Corvin pulled the pack onto the bench and peeled back the top. He searched through all the pockets for the rope. Surely it hadn't been left in the labyrinth. Finally he found it, coiled up inside the top cover pouch. He pulled the pack on and stepped to the middle of the room. Releasing the thin strands, he set the disc on the floor and used the control end to move it to the wall. He watched it climb slowly up the glossy surface into the gloom. Would it be long enough? The rope stretched and became thinner, but it wasn't pulling out of his hand. It reached the ceiling and moved away from the wall toward the circle of light. Suddenly it fell back, glanced off his head, and landed in his hood. The hole in the roof must be just beyond reach. But the rope was still in the air, and his hood twitched like a thing possessed. The spider! Corvin flailed around, shaking and jumping to dislodge the creature. It scrambled onto his head and ran frantically across his hair. A scream pushed past his lips as the spider flipped past his face and dropped to the floor with a plop like a deflated rubber ball. It pushed onto its twiggy legs, staggered back to the hole, and disappeared. A shudder ran through his body. Surely someone must have heard him scream. He had to move fast. The thin rope still hung near the middle of the room, so it had to be anchored close to the opening in the ceiling. Images of the dream where the rope slipped through his hands played out in his mind. He tied the knob end around his waist and gripped the rope tight. He tensed his muscles and pulled himself off the ground. The rope stretched and gently lowered him back down. Was it coming loose? He reached up and gave the rope a quick tug to be sure. It tightened like a rubber band and yanked him off his feet. Air whipped past his ears. A circle of light shot past him as he rocketed out of the opening into the cool air. His ascent peaked and he tumbled back down, sprawling across the roof of his prison cell. He lay there for a moment, catching his breath and pulling in the rope. It was truly amazing. No wonder Tsarik had been so oppressed with it. This floated out of the hole in the roof of his cell. Crawling forward, he peered over the parapet. The guard room was open, and two red cloaks searched the courtyard. No going down that way. He would need to climb onto the main building that towered over the cells. He crossed to the back wall, sending the green disc up to the top of the building. After gently stretching the rope out, he gave it a small tug. Immediately he found himself being dragged and bumped upward like a sack of potatoes. He swiveled and managed to get his feet against the wall. The slippers gripped the stone, and Corvin climbed effortlessly to the roof just like the spider in the cell below. The flat roof of the building was much larger than he'd expected. This had to be the palace of the chief watcher. Corvin tiptoed across the roof to the far edge and looked down into the stepped plaza he had entered as a captive. To his right, the dark statue loomed high over the city. Even without a face, it seemed to be watching him. Thick fog puffed up from behind the stone wall, sending tendrils through its arch gate. A sudden eruption of white vapor overflowed the wall, creating dense waves of luminescent fog that swept down into the plaza, surrounding the round pots with their tall metal trees. He thought back to Sarek's lumion in his home under the castle rock. Perhaps, at some point in the past, each of the curved posts would have had a lumion attached to the ring on its end, like a street lamp. Across the plaza, peaked roof rose high above the mist. Finally, he had found the priest building. But he was trapped inside the Chief Watcher's complex. If he dropped down into the courtyard, he would still need to get past the guard at the main gate. What if he didn't go down at all? He could walk along the wall to get to the priest's side of the plaza. He'd often walked along the fence rails on his way to school when he and Kate competed to see who could go the farthest without falling off. The fence rails back home weren't forty feet off the ground, but the wall was wide and the slipper shoes would grip well. But the wall was at least ten feet away. It was a bit lower than the roof, but there was no way he could jump across to it. The guard at the gate below coughed. Corvin peered over the edge of the roof and discovered that an iron girder had been bolted onto the wall and secured to the building to reinforce the main gate. Easing himself over the lip of the roof, his feet touched down on the narrow iron rail. He stepped forward and worked his way into the center. The guard coughed again and Corvin stumbled, sending a shower of dust floating down toward the guard's head. A shout came from around the corner of the building where the cells were located. As the guard ran off, Corvin scurried over to the plaza wall. As he made his way along the main wall, surrounding the stairs and terraces, he discovered a flaw in his plan. Soldiers were rushing about in the prison compound below and he was plainly silhouetted against the dim blue glow of the Lumians. The shouts below were being answered by lights coming on in the windows of the palace above. If anyone looked this way, he would be caught. Forcing himself to look straight ahead, he concentrated on walking the wall. Hopefully they would be preoccupied, looking for their escapee on the ground. Wisps of fog climbed up the side of the wall and floated around him, partially hiding him from view. By the time he rounded the corner near the gates, the thick cotton of rolling mist had risen to the full height of the wall and was squeezing like toothpaste out through the arch gate. It swirled higher, making it tough to see where to put his feet. As he drew near the priest's side of the terraced plaza, he realized that the pointed roof was also set well back from the plaza wall. Light shone in from triangular skylights set into the building's roof. The wall of the plaza was connected to a thinner wall that surrounded the courtyard in front of the priest's building. Corvin turned onto the thinner wall and made his way over to the large peaked roof. His slippers gripped the flat slate and he tiptoed up to the skylight. The glass was smeared with droppings that must have come from bats, enormous ones. He peered through the murky glass. A large lumion hung from a metal ring suspended from the center of the high ceiling. Its thick vines twisted over most of the walls. Corvin tried wiping the glass with the edge of his cloak and the skylight swiveled slightly open. A bearded old man in an embroidered green robe stood alone at the far side of a large table in the center of the room. But the angry voice came from beneath the pale blue cloak. Corvin had seen earlier that night in his cell. "'I had no choice, father,' Tirith was almost shouting. "'If I hadn't given my word, Morgon would not have let me see him.' The old man slapped both hands down on the table. "'That ceremony is an abomination, the opposite of everything we believe.' Tirith tossed her head. "'What other choice did I have? You told me that we have to play this out carefully. "'Besides,' Morgon hinted at an alliance. The bearded man glowered at her from under his thick eyebrows. Morgon can no longer be trusted. Why are you even listening to that man? That relationship is over, father. Do not be concerned. I had to listen to Morgan in order to pass on the message to that, that boy. Deareth, you are speaking of the corps van. All I saw was a boy. "'a small child, not yet of age, to grow out his hair.' "'The old man pointed out the door at the far end of the hall. "'Reyu told us he came from the passages. "'How could anyone have come from the outside "'unless he is the Korvan?' "'Tyrrith shook her head. "'If this one is the Korvan, "'it will be a long time before he is mature enough to lead anyone.' "'She threw up her hands. "'He was so afraid, he was almost crying.' I feel sorry for him if the Chief Watcher gets a hold of him. Corvin slumped down on the ledge. She was right, but he didn't want to be a leader. He didn't even want to be here. He just wanted to find Kate and get as far away from this awful place as possible. The old man spoke in a cajoling voice. We must give him a chance. With Terran dead, my plans have failed. The Chief Watcher is on to us, and all the priests are in grave danger. This boy is our only hope. I need your support in this. If he is the Corvan you have waited for, why did he allow Terran to die? What makes you so sure he was there when Terran died? I felt my brother die, and I know that boy was there with him. He had Terran's staff. She paused, twisting the tassels that hung from her hood. But where is Terran's body? You know what they do to the dead. A tear slid down her face as she dropped into a chair. Tirith's father watched her for a moment. We will ask him once he is here. Are you certain he understood the message? Does he have it with him? Tirith fiercely wiped the tears away with the sleeve of her cloak. I did my best. Morgon was near the doorway. He listened to every word. A frown creased her brow. If that boy does have the hammer, it's obvious he does not know how to use it. "'We should rally the priests and follow through with Terran's plan to take over the palace, "'and risk alerting the darkest powers to the existence of the Corvan? "'Put the hammer into his hands? "'If the death of your brother did nothing else, "'it gave us the opportunity to get the boy out of the cell with anyone discovering who he is.' "'He looked to the door. "'Why is this taking so long? "'We heard the signal for the changing of the guards.' The old man strode over to the main doors and peered out into the small inner courtyard. Thick wisps of fog coiled in around his ankles. He shook them off and shut the door. As he returned to the table, he looked hard at Tirith. Why was a man of Morgon's rank taking guard duty? She rolled her eyes. Because he knew I would be coming. He still believes you have misjudged him. He wants you to give him another chance. The old man grunted and stepped in front of a large tapestry hanging on the wall. His gnarled fingers traced the markings in its center. Both of them jumped when the door burst open. A young man with shoulder-length brown hair and sharp features burst into the room. Running forward, he stopped and bent on one knee before the old man. Something has gone wrong, sir. They have found a guard dead in a cell, and the man they think is Terran is disappeared. Tira stood and smoothed out her cloak. "'You see, father, your new Corvan has no sense whatsoever. "'He can't even follow simple instructions.' "'Then we must find him. "'The corps can only be ruled by the Corvan. "'Once we locate him, I can prepare him for leadership with his counterpart.' "'Tirith glared at him. "'Do not think I am unaware of your schemes, father. "'You can dismiss any thoughts that I would become a counterpart to this young Corvan. "'I am not willing to let you set me up for another marriage.' She flicked the silver tassels on her hood. When these are gone, and I am allowed to marry, I will be making my own choice. I will not be used as a pawn. The young man ran over to her. Tirith, the chief watcher has issued a warrant for your arrest. He's personally on his way to carry it out. What? Your scarf was found on the body of the dead guard. Corvin almost groaned out loud. How could he have been so careless? The old priest grabbed the young man's shoulder and spun him round. Are you certain? Yes, I was in the barracks when the orders came through. Then you must take Tirith and hide her in the settlements. The old man walked to the tapestry and pulled on a loop cord. The wide cloth rolled up against the wall. Tirith shook her head. That won't work, father. If I'm gone, the chief watcher will tear the compound apart looking for me. Many priests will die. Her father tied the tapestry in place and pressed his palm against the wall. A section slid back, revealing a narrow passage. The watcher knows the law prohibits civilians from entering the priest's area. This hall is as far as they may go. Tirith shook her head. Now the chief watcher decides which laws must be obeyed. He has plotted to break your power for some time. This is the perfect opportunity. He will not let an old tradition stand in his way. She turned to the young man. Tell him, Jorad. Tirith is correct, sir. We have reports of the chief watcher's men inside our compound during the night. His jaw clenched as he looked at Tirith. I vowed I would never let that happen again to someone I... He pulled out a long knife from within his robe. If it's a fight they want, they shall get one. Let us quickly gather all the priests we can find. Even with all his power, the chief watcher won't be able to get soldiers to move until the fog lifts. Tirith took the young man's hand and pushed the knife down. No, Jared. you have told me many times to choose my battles wisely. Now you must do the same. She released him and approached her father. The Watcher will not dare sentence me without a trial. This Corvan must be somewhere in the city. You need to find him and ask him to help us. Now he truly is our only hope. Corvan wiped a hand over his brow. He needed to do something. At least show his face so they wouldn't have to look for him. As he pushed himself up on the ledge, Rayu appeared in the open doorway. Sir, the chief watcher and a group of soldiers approach our gate. Soldiers? Out in the fog? Jorad asked. Rayu nodded. The rakash drive them forward. A steady pounding rocked the walls. The old man pointed to the secret passage. Jorad, get inside before they break the gate down. Find this young Corvan and do whatever he asks of you. Jorid shook his head. No, let me hide behind the door and kill the chief watcher when he enters. He waved his knife in the air. It is the only way the Corps will ever have peace again. The high priest did not drop his hand. We do not take lives, Jord. And if you were to murder the chief watcher, you would forfeit all your rights in the Corps, including the right to marry. That law applies only to humans, Jord snapped back, glancing over at Tirith. No. It applies to all sentient beings. It was through our own devices that the Watchers have become like us. Now it applies to them as well. Tirith grabbed Jorid's shoulder. I understand how hard this must be for you, Jorid, but we cannot change the past. You must look to the future. The knife fell to his side. You are the only future I have left. The pounding thundered as if a battering ram were smashing through the gate. The old man seized Jorid's arm. Swear to me that you will teach the boy to be a Corvan, even if it means leaving Tirith to face the palace alone. Jorid wrenched his arm free and stepped back. Tirith moved in close and put both hands on his shoulders. Do as he tells you, she said softly. If you help this young Corvan, we may yet see each other again. The walls shook with another round of blows. The old man pulled Tirith away. "'Swear to me, Jorid. Fulfill your vow to me and to the priesthood, or relinquish your green cloak.' Jord's eyes flashed. He growled out the words, "'I so swear,' and stalked into the secret passage. "'The door slid shut behind him as the old man dropped the tapestry back into place. Rayu gasped. "'Sir, you have brought out the great tapestry. Why?' "'The old man waved him off. "'I thought the Corvan would be here tonight.' I hoped he could tell us what it means. Let's hope the watcher cannot read the old language. Now, go open the gate. Ryu nodded and retreated. A moment later, the pounding ceased.